Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Clavenating EMT. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I am your host, Tommy. This, of course, is my co-host, Heibu-chan. How you doing, Heibu? Heibu is a very beautiful sun conure sitting on top of my head right now. So, anyhow... Oh, I thought I'd, I'd never say anyhow again. Already things are looking bad. So, today I am going to talk about patient assessment. And uh, a lot of the um, podcast world out there is full of all kinds of, I don't want to say negative, but about a, a bunch of bitching about how things aren't great and how people suck and uh in the ems system and how the system sucks and suck 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 you know it just a lot of it seems kind of negative you know a lot of uh critiquing and uh bullshit like that i don't really like to do that but in this one um there's a pet peeve of mine and uh having to do with patient assessment and uh so this week's episode is called That's right, just like the Highlander. There can own there can only be one. Okay, nothing drives me more crazy than when a call comes in and this is what guys hear. That's it. Let's go. You know. And I gotta be the first guy. And we got to have three people assessing this patient. And it, it seems more like a police interrogation than a patient assessment. And, you know, the poor patient is sitting there. Now, this is a conscious patient, of course, is just sitting there going, what, 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 you know. So it's stupid, it's rude, it's unproductive. But. You know, in the fire service, well, in 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 the EMS service, you tend to get people that are are kind of alpha personalities, uh, which is good. They like they take charge. Uh, they're risk takers, um, but they they also don't know when to lay back a little bit, uh, taking the big picture, take a deep breath, kind of uh, calm themselves down, and uh, be team players. That's that's something that needs to happen more, I think, in EMS. You know, it, it's not just um, one person doing everything. So, you know, we'll get a call, uh, fire service or any of the... I work for about three or four, about three and a half different um, EMT companies. So I do everything from youth sports to weird events to weirder events to all kinds of stuff. Just uh, political gatherings, wherever uh, uh, EMT is needed. So since the show is about all things EMT. Um, and uh, every so often I'll work with a partner at, uh, for one of the EMT companies. So it's not just the fire service. And the same thing happens there, too. 
but what drives me absolutely batty and I think is unproductive as hell is uh, you get to the scene. Uh, knock on the door, walk in. Um, you know, hello, uh, fire department, EMT, or you go to wherever the um, athlete is uh, injured or the person is sick at the um, convention you're working at or political event or whatever. Um, introduce yourself. And then all of a sudden you got your partner and you got someone else coming with you and you got a police officer and, and there's no IC there, there you know, you, you haven't pre pre-game this, you know, on, on the way to the call, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to take over. I'm going to be the number one person asking all the questions and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be in charge. It doesn't matter. You're all the same. You're all trained to do the same thing, to get a history from the person, to figure out what's going on, gather information so you can hand it off to the paragods when they come in to do their thing and to help them out to get the patient to their rig, to get the patient to the hospital so that they can live to get injured or sick another day. So you come onto the scene you see the patient sitting there suffering, having a, a terrible time, and only one person should be saying, "Hello, my name is Tommy. Uh, I'm with the fire department. I'm the, I'm an EMT. Whatever it is, get down on their level. Look at them in the eye. If possible, shake their hand. If not, that's fine. Um, ask them what their name is." Ask them what's going on. Make sure the ABCs are taken care of. You know, airway, breathing, circulation, uh, if it's trauma. And then uh, continue to ask them questions. What's going on? Why Why did you call 911? Uh, what can we do for you? Where's the pain? Is it radiating? Are you allergic to anything? All the different questions that we're supposed to ask to get a good history. That's what we do. But only one person can do that. And I've been on so many scenes where you got people standing around, you know, yeah, so where were you on May 24th? Uh, nah, 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 nah. You know, it's like one of those old film noir shows, you know, where you got the light over the person's head. And, you know, and this poor person is just trying to answer questions and they don't know who to answer first. You got one person in charge of taking the history and gathering the information and uh, doling out tasks. So say I'm coming in, I see a patient that's that's uh, sick. It, it doesn't matter what, what it is, they're sick. I'm, I'm introducing myself, I'm getting down on, the, on eye level, asking what they'd like to be called, what their name is, uh, you know, explain to me what's going on, have you ever had this before? All these questions we're supposed to ask, and then I'd say, oh, um, can you can you get a BP? You know, to one of my partners, to another partner, I might say, uh, can you get a blood sugar? Uh, you know, to another partner, I might say, uh, can you get an ETA from ALS? If I'm concerned, it, you know, if it's a bad call. But what I can't have is three people asking a, a patient the same questions, which is even worse, or. Or everyone talking at once. You know, there can only be one IC. Now, if 
if you're having, say, a, a probie, hey, hey, Busan. If you're having a probie or someone that's not as experienced uh, taking this call, which you should be doing, by the way, they're only going to get better if you give them the opportunity to do an assessment, to jump in, to ask the questions, to get comfortable being around a patient. You know, they might have puke all over them. They might, you know, you got to get this this new person comfortable doing this and develop uh, their own style and get the the information. But if they forget to ask, you know, last oral intake or uh, whatever question, they forget to ask something, you don't have to butt in, push them out of the way, and start taking over. You might want to come up behind them and say, hey, find out when the last time they had something to eat was. Something like that. Help them out. Don't push them out of the way and take over. You know, we're a team. You're only going to let people get better if you let people work. You know, and I've seen it so many times that, uh, especially from uh, officers. Sorry, officers, some of you guys can be real tools. You know, it's like if the person's not speaking quickly enough to the patient or they forget one thing, you got to jump in there, push them out of the way, and take over. Wrong. Gently remind them of what they missed and let them continue. Okay? That's right, Mr. Heybu. So that's the thing that drives me crazy. And if you got a bunch of guys, don't stand around, you know, watching. You know, clear a path. Uh, move furniture. Go down and get a stair chair uh, from uh, the ambulance. Uh, meet the ambulance. Make sure that the ambulance... Uh, might need a backer to get into a driveway or something like that. You know, um, do something. Yeah, uh, the other thing, too, is uh, keep taking vitals. So the biggest thing we do is take vitals, you know, because that's a big chunk of information. Vitals are dynamic. They can change, and they can tell a story. So you put the blood pressure cuff on, take a blood pressure, you know, leave it on. Don't don't take it off and then put it back on five minutes later, if possible. Now, I know every situation's different, you know. Um, it's not always possible to to get a blood pressure right away. You might have to, you know, the person might, might have an injured arm or both arms or be in an odd position or have some really thick clothes on or for whatever reason. But try to get that blood pressure cuff on and the pulse ox on. Leave them on. And then every five minutes, take a blood pressure. Sometimes we don't get a paramedic showing up for a half hour. You know, don't sit around and talk about golf and the weather and whatever else. Keep reassessing. You know, ask uh, how they're feeling now compared to five or ten minutes ago. Take another blood pressure, write down when you took the blood pressure, uh, you know, and exactly what it was. And same with the pulse ox. Keep looking at that, you know, at the heart rate and the SpO2. Um, if they need oxygen, uh, you know, don't immediately whip out a mask. If they're at 90%, don't whip out a non-rebreather, slap it on their face so that they can't talk and makes them uncomfortable and crank it up to 10 liters. You know, start out with the nasal cannula at 2 or 4. 
You know, you don't have to be so extreme and so intense. You know, try to bring the 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 stress level down as much as you can. And uh, part of doing that is to have one person asking the patient their medical history. You know, you can send one of your partners out to find a driver's license, a med list. There's so many things that can be going on. And you got the IC, the in-charge person, thinking about all these things. If if people are just kind of, or if there is nothing to do, and sometimes, honestly, there is nothing to do, but stand around and be quiet and put yourself back in the peripheral a little bit, but make sure that the IC knows you're available. All of a sudden, the ambulance pulls up and you're like, hey, dude, can you run down and um, see if they need help with their gurney? Can you run down and see if they need help carrying anything? Uh, can you clear a path? Can you do whatever? You know, that's that's our job. So that's kind of my my rant. You sure are quiet. My parrot is so quiet. He's being so good right now. Good boy. No screaming. Anyhow, I don't know if other EMTs have this issue or not. You know, I mean, we're just the EMTs. But you know what? We're a huge uh, um, conduit for information to hand over to the paragods, you know. And if the paramedics are worth a damn, they're going to appreciate this. Because we get there and we want to do as much as we can, as quickly as we can, as thoroughly as we can. And we just want to help the patient. We want to help the patient's family. And we want to help the paramedics. That's our goal. And then those doors shut on the back of the rig, and we wave bye-bye, and we go back to the station, or back to our first aid room, or wherever it is that we're posted, and wait for the next bad thing to happen. So, so that's kind of my rant. I know it's been a few weeks since I put out a video, and uh, this one's going to be a little bit short, because I just... This this happened not that long ago, and it really bothered me, and it's really avoidable. You know, just, I wish, and, and I have yet to have this taught anywhere uh, outside of EMT school. Uh, that's where it seems to have ended in the several years. I've been on the fire service, and I've gone to seminars and all kinds of um, continued education uh, events and things like that. Not once has anyone brought up, oh, by the way, just have one person taking history. They, it doesn't seem to be important. You know, it, it turns into some kind of pissing contest sometimes uh, between EMTs and providers, and it doesn't need to be that way. It's the worst thing you can do. So, anyhow... So that's kind of my rant, my pet peeve, and, uh, you know, I, and I'm not saying that these guys are bad guys or, or, or girls or, you know, bad EMTs or whatever. They're not bad people. They honestly are a little bit amped up. Uh, they want to help. They want to feel like they're doing something useful and helpful. And um, But realize, going to get a stair chair... Going to get a uh, cot ready. Now, that's a huge one. You know, uh, pull the straps away. Lay down a, 
a sheet, get it all ready. You know, the paramedics really appreciate that. You know, get it at the right level, lock the wheels, you know, things like that. You don't have to sit and do uh, medical history to be useful. There's so many other things you could be doing to make the, the medical event successful. And it doesn't always include taking medical history. Uh, and if you got plenty of time, like I said, find something to do if you can, or make yourself available. So that's about it. So, uh, Mr. Heyboo, you are so quiet. My, It's my bird. If you're in uh, the podcast land, you can't see him. It's a shame. But that's uh, it's my best friend and my co-host, uh, Mr. Heybuchan. And uh, he's happy to just sit here quietly. God, I wish he was like this all the time. So, new video for everyone. Uh, new podcast for everyone. Uh, I plan on putting out a few more in the next few days, uh, if possible. I got all kinds of things to say. Um, again, sorry for uh, not putting something out for a few weeks. Uh, I've had uh, a bunch going on, and I just wasn't in a good uh, position to put out a video. Um, but I'm glad to right now, and I hope that uh, folks realize how important that uh, this is to make a medical scene run smoothly and look and uh, look professional and have a good outcome. So, all right, that's it. That's it. Sweet. Short to the point, everyone wants to hear it. Come back up, Mr. Heybu. All right, so uh, again, I, I know I don't have a huge audience or anything right now, but man, I'd love to hear from people. Um, like I say, being an EMT is what I really love, and uh. I, I'm stuck as an EMT, and uh, I'm happy to be stuck as an EMT. I really enjoy it. Everyone has their thing. This is my thing. So, all right, y'all. So, until next time, sayonara.